Welcome to Seminal Works. This is Justine Murphy for Photonics Media. In this special podcast, Julia Germain talks with Federico Capasso, a professor of applied physics and an electrical engineering research fellow at Harvard University. In June of 2016, Professor Capasso's lab reported fabrication of an ultra-thin planar lens based on nanoscale metasurface concepts that he has been studying for the past five years. While he is perhaps best known for his role in the invention of the quantum cascade laser at Bell Laboratories in 1994, pinning down just one seminal work is a challenge for a scientist whose career is a multidisciplinary continuum. Highly collaborative and prolific, Professor Capasso is a self-described designer physicist who is deeply invested in bridging the gap between theory and practice. If I, can, if I had to look at a common theme in basically, I would say almost all of my research, and I've been involved in a variety of different areas, I consider myself a designer physicist, meaning uh, uh, that we can design new new materials, uh, we can design new phenomena, and uh, using a variety of techniques uh, and technology capability that have, have come up in the last, uh, I would say, 20, 25 years, even a bit more, we could say up to 30 years. Federico Capasso was born in 1949 in Rome, and described his early education in these words. Well, I was educated very much in the old uh, European style, where uh, our high school type of education was basically quite encyclopedic. We, uh, and at the end of the high school, we had an exam which covered both oral and written the following subject. Italian language, of course, Latin, Greek, philosophy, history, history, history of art, uh, uh, natural sciences, and uh, and I think uh, uh, and I think this is it. And math, of course, mathematics. So it was, uh, the exam was still in my mind an, a nightmare, and sometimes I still occasionally wake up with the fear that I have to take the exam a second time. So it gave me definitely a broad type of education, which is still, I think, a distinctive feature of European style of education. However, it was well before his secondary education that Capasso had set his heart on a career in physics. I don't think I had a particular strong uh, ability for science, and I tell you how I decided to go in science, it happened when I was a kid, sort of six years old, or seven years old, whatever, seven, eight, my dad gave me a book, which I still remember the title, Our Friend the Atom, by a distinguished uh, science uh, writer in those, the, uh, those days, and uh, I became hooked with it, and on the spot, I decided to become a physicist, and I never wavered. That is it. Upon graduating from the University of Rome and following a brief stint studying fiber optics in his home city, Capasso headed to Bell Labs, acquired in 2016 by Nokia, which at the time was a hotbed of research in a range of fields, physics, chemistry, computer science, math, and related technologies, 
and whose scientists had garnered eight Nobel Prizes. Located in New Jersey, Bell Labs was founded by American inventor Alexander Graham Bell in the late 1800s as the Volta Laboratory and Bureau. It was at Bell Labs that Capasso formed strong and lasting relationships with other scientists, as well as with the concept of problem-solving science, bridging physics with applications. Band structure engineering is a technique that I introduced when I was at Bell Laboratories on how to design artificial semiconductor material by varying layer thicknesses by changing the composition of the semiconductor in a controlled way I showed that one could design materials which uh, with man-made properties in particular semiconductors that do not exist in, uh, in, uh, in nature. Alfred Cho Born in Beijing in 1937 and educated at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign is considered the father of molecular beam epitaxy. The capabilities Cho demonstrated made Capasso feel like a kid in a candy store, dreaming of novel structures and devices. Recalling his arrival at Bell Labs in 1976, Capasso described the idea of playing with the laws of nature that quantum mechanics could be engaged in order to overcome present-day limitations of semiconductor devices. That led him to design by a process he dubbed band structure engineering a new class of semiconductor materials and devices, and ultimately the world-renowned quantum cascade laser. An early application of this concept to avalanche photodiodes served the rapidly evolving telecom industry. When I arrived at Bell Labs, uh, that was uh, still uh, a fantastic uh, place. You know, I arrived there as a postdoc in basically uh, 1976, uh, and the novel technique to grow thin films called molecular beam epitaxy uh, um, had been invented at Bell Labs by one of my uh, great collaborators over many years, Dr. Al Cho. And uh, what he had shown, the capability of growing ultra-thin layers down to one atomic layer by this technique. So he showed you could alternate almost any combination of semiconductor materials you could think on. And so when I started to see his capability, I sort of felt a bit... Uh, like a, a kid in a, a candy store. Following his years at Bell Labs, Capasso moved to Harvard University, where he found another vibrant scientific community, one that would lead to a key aspect of his seminal work as a designer physicist, the demonstration of devices based on the Casimir effect, which is the small attractive force between two close, parallel, uncharged conducting plates due to quantum vacuum fluctuations of the electromagnetic field, as well as demonstration of the long-sought repulsive Casimir force. And then when I came to Harvard, I read about this exotic repulsive Casimir force that is so exotic to explain that it's one of the few things I've done, probably the only one that I cannot provide a simple e explanation. Unfortunately, 
and I was buried in a Russian paper. And then uh, again, you know, uh, by um, that led to probably the, my most important work in terms of if you look at it from a point of view, just basic science, which is the discovery, the measurement of this repulsive Casimir uh, force. But again, it's not that I set out, you know, to say now I want to do something basic. Again, I, I've always and, and always will be completely problem driven. If, in fact, I don't care if it's my idea or someone else's idea. If I think it's hot, hot it means interesting. It could lead to something that drives my curiosity, my students, my collaborators' curiosity, then we actually go for it. So in this way, we have played in a number of different areas without feeling that there is a barrier. And I think that's healthy, particularly not only for me, but for my students, because they have a broad outlook for their future career, right? At Harvard, Capasso also gained a new perspective on the role of and opportunities presented by academia. We discussed the outsized demand for professorships and academic research jobs. Capasso had this to say. They look at you as a successful model. They want to emulate you. And then you have to ask yourself, is this always good? I would say no. So I tell them often, I says, look, you have to find uh, your tune, uh, you know, that you have to and uh, but uh, I am not necessarily, you should not look only in uh, university to become, and there is a culture, you see, there is a cultural bias in universities uh, that uh, often professors, without realizing it, tend to clone uh, the very best, want to follow them. And okay. it's not necessarily uh, uh, bad, but I, I would like to argue. It's perfectly fine if some of my best students go to industry or to a startup or to work for the government. Capasso broadened his sphere of influence by teaching students, but he also broadened the set of influences upon his own work, thanks to what he describes as low interdisciplinary barriers at the university. Because it has it had a culture in our School of Engineering and Applied Science, you see, that we do not have separate departments. We are all kind of mingled together. It's a flat organization. So I said it's ideal for me. And uh, I wasn't wrong. I, in fact, I've been, uh, I would say, as happy here as I am, as I've been at Bell Labs. Also, there are students. I had wonderful collaboration with the I, I love the mentality we have here with in general we tell students you know you you can you should we encourage them go and talk to students of other groups you know I, there is this good uh, good things that I said before you know low low interdisciplinary barrier I had so many collaborations here uh, much more than I could at Bellas for obvious reason because I have a real group at Bellas you realize that I had a tiny group I was very productive and I've only at most four people yeah, yeah, I can have I have now 20 people, and so I have collaboration also internationally. It's very exciting with chemists uh, and so forth, you know. And it is at Harvard that Capasso and his team have made their latest leap forward, a discovery published in the journal Science in June of this year. Essentially, we are reporting. Uh, lenses, these planar lenses, some people call them flat lenses, that operate at visible uh, wavelengths 
and the potential we think it's huge to replace conventional lenses in a lot of application. The metasurface lens features towers of titanium dioxide, about 600 nanometers in height, which focus light based on their patterning. Using the lens, Capasso and his team achieved the same resolution and magnification as a traditional glass lens a few centimeters in length. Vitally, the production of the planar lens is compatible with existing memory and microprocessor chip foundry capabilities, another example of Capasso's propensity to design technology with a clear runway to commercialization. Capasso continues to advance the ultra-thin meta-lens, having since demonstrated it for the simultaneous imaging of an object's chiral and spectral properties. Here at Photonics Media, we're eager to see the lens enter production and commercial adoption, and, as always, to see what the country's eminent designer physicist comes up with next. This podcast was written and produced by Julia Germain for Photonics Media, with gratitude to Federico Capasso for his participation. You can find this podcast and others on iTunes, as well as on photonics.com, the industry's best resource for technical and business news, products, companies, and educational resources.